Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, July 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today, Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy catches us up on the team news, and there's been plenty of it this week, from new COVID-19 cases to scrimmages and the schedule release. Lynn's been out at Kauffman Stadium for all of it this week. Let's hear what he has to say. Lynn, since the last time we talked, uh, a lot has happened and uh, we actually talked, in full disclosure, we talked on Monday. We were going to post a podcast about the Royals on Monday. We had a nice chat. We went over a few things. And just about as we, as we were about to post the podcast, the news broke that a certain quarterback in town had signed a new contract. So the best laid plans, I suppose, uh, we ended up uh, scrapping that podcast. I was hoping we can come back the next day, but it just didn't work out. And so the news has piled up for the Royals since the last time we chatted and we're going to, we're going to get to all of it, but um, let's, let, let's start with the, maybe the, some of the more recent events. And that is the, um, uh, the, the COVID-19 positive tests for a couple of more Royals. Uh, that is uh, Brad Keller and, and Ryan O'Hearn and the the news, I, I don't know what to think anymore when you hear news like that. Should you be surprised? Should you not be surprised? But it's news, and it, it, it affects you know how the team is going about its business. Why don't you take us through that that that, that news cycle and, and what it means for the Royals to uh, to not have Keller and O'Hearn right now? Yeah, well, first of all, I was I was trying to figure out was it something I said? You you referenced the, the <laughs> podcast we taped that uh, that never was. I was. Trying to figure out how I offended you, but um, yeah, the uh, we have Patrick Mahomes to blame for for yeah. a lot of uh, uh, just weak disruptions uh, this this week. So yeah, he's a, he's a popular fellow, so I guess uh, I understand. Um, not, not to mention a rich one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That too, that too. But uh, yeah, on the on the COVID front, it seems like the um, the hits keep coming, and I don't think yeah, I don't think you can really be surprised at this point. Just because I mean, I, I mean, in one sense, I guess it's a surprise because you know they're doing so much in terms of their protocols and the way they've got things set up and all the different procedures. So um, they're they're doing a lot to try and prevent it. But at the same time, you look at the numbers, um, the the numbers are going across the nation that's why i say you probably shouldn't be surprised just because i mean it's the virus is still out there it's still going strong so it's not a shock when anybody um contracts it um but yeah so so far we've got uh the Royals have announced three people uh have come down with it keller and uh brad keller and ryan o'hearn being the most recent and salvador perez over uh the fourth of july weekend uh, that announcement came out, but yeah, Keller was. I mean, when you talk about the all three of them, really, you're talking about guys who were expected to be primary contributors. I mean, Keller, right. you know, Keller started opening day last year. He was in the conversation to be the opening day starter this year. Um, he's been viewed as sort of the uh, you know the, the ace of this staff uh, just in you know the first couple of years. I mean, last year was his first full season in the rotation. Um, so he was, you know, he's a guy who 
you expect to anchor this rotation along with Danny Duffy. And so um, now it's up in the air whether or not he'll even be able to be back for opening day. I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not a, for certain that he won't, but it's just, you know, it's not certain either way that he will or he won't. And O'Hearn was looking like, you know, yeah, he had been swinging the hottest bat um, in spring training when they were actually playing games in, uh, in Arizona in Cactus League and was, you know, in a battle for at that first base spot, you know, so he's potentially starting first baseman. Um, you know, along with Ryan McBroom battling for, for that spot. But uh, he looked really good this spring, and they really talked him up this offseason about how they were confident he was going to bounce back after struggling last year. And then, of course, you know, Salvi, I mean, coming off of Tommy John and missing the entire season. And, you know, you talk about a guy who's a five-time gold glove winner who, you know, now he's um, he hasn't had the spring training 2.0 experience at all thus far other than working out in isolation. Right. And we also found out last weekend that uh, Mike Matheny, the manager, had gone through his bout of, of COVID-19. It, it had happened, I guess, in May, perhaps, um, and, um, but it uh, and didn't, didn't bring it with him to you know, spring training 2.0. But, uh, but he's gone through the, the COVID as well. What did he say about uh, his experience? Yeah, about about a month ago, while you know the baseball was on this hiatus, trying to figure out how they're going to get things restarted. Yeah, he had. Um, I think he he said that there was a family member who they knew had been uh, who had had it or been exposed, or he knew that he had been exposed. So it wasn't a shock, but um, so he and his wife quarantined. Um, you know, it was he was still able to sort of take part in what he needed to as far as, you know, the Zoom calls and, you know, uh, uh, with the coaching staff and the players. But um, he said, you know, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, a former professional baseball player, major league baseball player, gold glove winner, you know, uh, pro athlete for a long time. Um, he said, yeah, he, it, you know, he felt it. He was not asymptomatic. It wasn't one of those things where he didn't even know he had it. No, he felt it. And he said, you know, if a, a person at a different point in their life, you could see where they could really get uh, knocked uh, knocked around by, um, you know, just the symptoms he had. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so what does this mean? And you know, we, we know that the quarantine time is, what is it, is it 10 to 14 days? How, how long do the, do uh, you know, Salvi and Keller and O'Hearn have to lay low? Well, they have to, be, first they have to be, you know, symptom free. And in Salvi's case, he was asymptomatic the whole time. Um, so the earliest, and then so you have to be asymptomatic for a certain period of time, but then you also have to um, pass consecutive uh, tests, or should have negative. I should say negative. Uh, come back negative on consecutive tests. Right. Um, and so roughly, and it depends. Like the medical medical staff is the one who's really going to determine um, case by case. But I mean, like in Salvi's case, they probably weren't going to. At least at the time, it didn't look sound like they were going to even retest him for. Um, a week or so, even though he was asymptomatic. So it was going to be probably, you know, at least five to seven days before they would think about giving him a retest to see if he would test a negative and then he had to get a second negative test. Um, Now with Keller, Keller said he did have symptoms in the statement. He said that he was sort of like uh, akin to a um, uh, uh, allergy type of attack or something like that. And so he has to clear symptoms first before they'll even think about you know, when they're going to start to uh, give him a, a, a retest. Um, and I think O'Hearn was another one who didn't really have symptoms. So it's 
it's going to vary depending on the conditions of each guy. But the first things first is symptoms got to be gone for a period of time. Then they got to think about retest them and you got to pass two tests before they'll let you come back and uh, start taking part in activity. So you're talking at least a week probably for each of them. And then, you know, depending on when their symptoms are gone, maybe it's longer, maybe it's as much as, you know, 10 days, two weeks, um, depending on how things go. It makes you wonder too, you know, they're in spring training, they're trying to get their, you know, their, their, timing, everything, you know, their, their, their physical, you know, everything back you know, where it was, where, where they left off in, you know, in March. And now they get this disruption, these three players in particular get this additional disruption after they had restarted. And I don't know, you, I, I just think about how long it'll, it'll take once Salvi and, and these guys get back. Keller especially is a curious one, just be, you know, to, to not be able to pitch for, you know, for the, you know a certain amount of time when when he'll get his sharpness back, and this is just something that you know a lot of teams are going through, and they've they've got to figure it out on um, on, on, on for the roster and how they're going to how they're going to manage how they're going to handle it. And I mean, when when games restart, um, you know, it the, the could be a you know it's going to be a factor in the sixty game season, the two month season. I suspect who's you know who's who's got the the virus and who doesn't. And it's just, you know, we talk about this and it's important for sure. It's affected everything. It's just so unusual. It makes you think about things that just have never thought about before in in any sport, but, but baseball's in front of us. Baseball's getting ready to start here in another uh, couple of weeks. And, um, and, and they're dealing with this in a, you know, in in a, uh, just, it's just a crazy time for the sport. Hey, you and I were talking on Monday, Lynn, about you know not everybody's coming back in baseball. There there have been some some holdouts. Uh, not I guess holdouts not even the right word, but uh, they're not going to play. Some people have decided not to play this year. Others were sitting on the fence about playing. I don't. There was some problem with team testing or getting test results. Maybe because of the, it was the Fourth of July weekend that um, you know that that held things up, but. Has anything changed in, in baseball over the last few days? Just in terms of, have we heard from anybody else who, um, you know, who doesn't want to play this year because of the virus? I think there's a lot of guys who are on the fence. Um, it seems like there's a lot of guys who are even in camps, but are, you know, not certain that they're going to, you know, be there for the full sixty games this season, or if they want to be there for the full sixty games this season, just because of the risks. I mean, Mike Trout's been one of those guys, and he's mentioned the fact that you know his wife's expecting a child, their first child, and um, he's he's been pretty clear about not being certain how he feels about playing this season. Uh, I believe Buster Posey from the Giants is another guy who's who's said that he's not sure. And uh, Washington Nationals have had uh, several guys already opt out, but Sean Doolittle, who's you know, their primary closer, um, you know, he's got a wife with a compromised immune system, and you know he's in camp, but has been you know another guy who said he's not sure that he's going to want to do this for the full season and uh, take on that risk for his family. So, um, you know, the testing thing is something that Major League Baseball says they're addressing and talked about um, having potentially a second site. The, the site, the lab that they um, contracted to uh, handle all the testing is in Utah, and they're talking about uh, potentially having a second site to um, handle some of the overflows because of the, the volume and, you know, and obviously the holiday weekend didn't help with that prior to getting the, uh, the test results to the lab. Um, but as of right now, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anybody in the last couple of days that definitely said for sure they're out, but we've already seen it, you know, over the last week, whether that's 
Ryan Zimmerman, David Price, um, let's see, Ian Desmond. Um, remember, I think I feel like there's another couple of names that I'm uh, that I'm missing here, but guys who've already said Nick Markakis, I think maybe yeah. even the day that we spoke. Yeah. Um, these are all guys who, you know, decide that this is, uh, just going to be a no go this season as far as plan. And, um, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, I think it was Sunday that we talked to Whit Merrifield who talked about having a wife who has a compromised immune system, but how he felt like it was an obligation to his Royals family. And he could, he worded it that way as his family, just like his, you know, his biological family, just like his wife was his family. He, talked about the Royals being a family and he felt an obligation to be there for them. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on in baseball right now, as far as just off the field and the virus and the decisions that are being made. Yeah. We'll, we'll hear from Whit Merrifield after the break, along with some other Royal sound, but it, you know, it was because of that, primarily because of that, that clip, um, what, what Whit said on Sunday that just gave me the sense that the Royals may be, in, in as good a shape as a team can be in um, emotionally, mentally, as it approaches this most unusual baseball season. As we said, they're dealing with the COVID, just like a lot of other teams, uh, but they're not dealing with, do we really want to be here? It doesn't seem that way anyway. And you've been out to the scrimmages this week, and that, that of course, is also a new development since the last time we spoke. Um, do you, What's you know just what is the what's the mood the sense the vibe what do you there's been a couple of them this week so far what uh, does it does it all seem like uh you know is the is the message positive this does this team feel like it can have some success this year yeah yeah I mean multiple guys as a matter of fact I think one of the latest stories I I had was talking about the sixty game season and um, had you know voices in there from Wit to Ian Kennedy to Hunter Dozier to even Salvi Salvi who you know we talked to as he's uh, breaking the news to everybody that he's you know going to be uh, sidelined for a while but they all talked about that sixty game season being excited about it and being you know how it's going to be a different feel how it's going to feel like a playoff chase from the beginning and how they feel like they've got a chance. I think Salvi's quote was something along the lines of 60 games, anyone could win, you know? So he, he felt like they right. should be a playoff team. I mean, so like, I, I mean, it, in when you're at the ballpark, I mean, it's, it still feels a little eerie to think about, you know, cause we're watching them scrimmage in an empty stadium. And when it, th- when it hits in your head that, you know, the games are going to be played in the same type of environment, that part's kind of eerie, but um, the players, it seems like, are um, focused on trying to, you know, not not focused on, oh, should we be playing, I don't think, at least not that we've seen or heard. I think it seems like there's a focus when they're on the field of trying to make something happen this season that, um, you know, especially coming off of those back-to-back 100-loss seasons, I think they felt like in the 162-game season, this was going to be a big year for them to start turning things around. And I think with the 60-game season, they, they still feel like this is – you know, a chance to maybe even overperform what you, you might expect in the 162. Right. Um, okay, so in the couple of scrimmages we've seen, let's see, Duffy Duffy threw an inning, started and threw an inning on uh, on Wednesday this week, and then Singer came in, followed him up with uh, with an appearance. Uh, both punch had a couple of punch outs, I, I saw, reading your game story. Um What's uh, just, so just from the from the two scrimmages? Who's looked good? Who hasn't? You know, who's who's uh, been encouraging? And any surprises from uh, the first two scrimmages? 
Um, and it, they they've got a, a, a sort of a rotating uh, scrimmage setup that they do there too. So it's a it's not sort of a team versus team thing, but it's uh, so it makes it interesting. Um, and they also, I mean, like Duffy, we saw on the field for one inning, but I think he also threw an additional two or three, maybe even. Um, they're using the right field bullpen as an extra batting cage. And so um, it's sort of like if a guy threw an inning in the game and then went through a sim game in the backfield, that's sort of what they're using that uh, that cage as. So we only saw him throw one, but he looked good. Um, he was facing, you know, like Witt and Bordeaux and some of those guys uh, who didn't play in the, uh, the Andrew squad the night before. So now we've seen the majority of the guys who you you expect to play. We've seen a decent amount of – we've seen a lot of Bobby Witt too. Bobby Witt Jr., um, who's in both inter-squad scrimmages, had a pair of hits in the uh, the latest one. Um, but um, I'd say guys who stood out uh, as far as the guys who you think are in contention for the 30, uh, like Eric Mejia, who you know uh, Mike Matheny had talked up in uh, back in Arizona – for his versatility and ability to play, you know, infield, outfield, all over the place. Um, he had a great diving play last night defensively, and I think he had two or three hits last night. Uh, I think he had one in the first scrimmage as well. Um, uh, MJ Melendez, one of the young catchers who struggled last year offensively after looking really good the year before offensively, where he had, I think, 17 home runs or 19 home runs, I want to say, in 73 RBIs. Um, he's a pretty, really good swing in the bat. Um, he's not a, a, so much a 30 man guy, but just a young guy along with Bobby Witt and those young guys, um, Sully Matias, uh, who had injury issues in the recent years, but had a 30 home run season, in the minors a couple years ago, um, hit one off the wall, uh, the other night. So, um, in the pitchers, it seems like the aside from, I want to say Braden Shipley, I think all the pitchers that we've seen on the big field has only been really for an inning at a time. And I know they're throwing more than that. So it's hard to get a real, uh, good sense for, you know, how stretched out they are, or if they, you know, how built up they are, but the, you know, the stuff looks good from guys like Duffy and, uh, Rosenthal was out there a couple of days ago throwing, you know, the, the radar gun's not on, but he was throwing heat. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh Stalmont was also, he had a little trouble with the grip on the uh, breaking ball, but he's throwing heat. The two of those guys throw hundred miles an hour. And, you know, even without a radar gun, you can tell it's coming plenty, plenty quick. So, right. um, those are just some of the ones that sort of, as I'm, you know, the two scrimmages with the moving parts and everything, those are some of the things that uh, stand out in my mind. I know we're, we're still a couple of weeks away, but, and I, I think we got this sense in the spring that the improved bullpen, the, the bullpen's improved enough to give fans some optimism, uh, at least with that part of the game, because that was such a disappoint, disappointment last year and really cost the Royals. But uh, uh, it looks like they've made they've made the the improvements that they need to make. And so, yeah, g- just going back to the you know the optimism that some of the players you know express. Part of that, part of the reason for that is it looks like the bullpen is going to be better. So, uh, all right, Lynn, we'll uh, we'll spend some time breaking down the team next week as uh, as opening day approaches. Opening day will be July twenty fourth, I believe, is the date this for the Royals. Oh, that's that's another thing that um, that has occurred since the last time we talked. The schedule came out, and uh, the Royals open. At Cleveland, at Detroit, little road trip to open the uh, to open the season. Come back home. One thing that struck me uh, on the schedule: it's only you know only sixty games, so it's thirty home games, but no weekday afternoon games. 
the only the only afternoon starts are um, on the weekend, and not even um, and some of those Saturday games are at night as well. Was there anything that stood out for you on the on the schedule? Um, just you know the the those ones that everybody looks for. When's their opener? and Where is it? And that's going to be in Cleveland on the twenty fourth, as you said. Um, the home opener, the thirty first, I believe, uh, against Chicago. And then, um, you know, because Mike Matheny, obviously, I think people look for those. Uh, it, not that they didn't look for the Cardinals already, but they'll play six games with the Cardinals this year. And the first, I believe, is August. Going off the top of my head, but I want to say 24th, 23rd or 24th is the first time they'll play the Cardinals. Of course, there won't be, I believe the first one's on the road, but there won't be any fans in the stand. So if you're looking for a reaction on Matheny's return, it'd be pretty hard to find. <laughs> Have to look on social media, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right, Lynn, great catching up with you, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on Sportsbeat KC. Let's hear from Whit Merrifield and manager Mike Matheny. This was from earlier in the week before the scrimmages started, but the sentiment stands. Merrifield speaks to why it's important for him to play this season, and Matheny responds to a question about the Royals being built for the short season. As far as how we feel about it, I've seen what a lot of guys have said, and I respect how they feel, and I, I don't, I'm in a different situation than a lot of guys, and guys are in different situations than me. I'm saying this coming from my wife that has a compromised immune system. There was never a hesitation from her or me about playing this year. She's been with me since high school. She understands what it takes to get to this level. She understands this level is a short window of time. And she also understands that just like I have an obligation to her, to be the best husband I can be, to my siblings to be the best brother I can be, and to my parents to be the best son I can be. I have an obligation to those guys in there, because those guys are my family as well, to show up and to perform. And if I'm not there, I'm I'm putting those guys in jeopardy this year. If they're not there, they're putting us in jeopardy as far as a team goes. So those guys are my family, just like my family at home is my family. And for, for guys, at least in this clubhouse, to consider not showing up, I don't think it was ever an option because we understand where we're at as a team and um, we're not going to let the virus dictate what we've done and how we've gotten how far, it's, how long it's taken us to get to this point. We're going to keep living our lives and uh, combat it the best we can. I liked our chances with 162, um, but you know, I, I always um, refuse to deny the human spirit and the ability for guys to get better. Plus you look at a collective group that, that it's time. I mean, it's time for that development to move in the direction of, yes, I'm a major leaguer to now I'm a successful major leaguer on a major major league winning team. 
Um, it's, it's, a, it's an evolution. And then the influx of some excitement, um, the wisdom of veteran leadership. I mean, all those things combined. But truly, Marcus, uh, I do believe that it's going to be handling these intangibles. I think it's going to be um, philosophy and style of play. Um, clean baseball is going to clean baseball with the ability to just put constant pressure on, which I believe are hallmarks for the Kansas City Royals. I believe those will uh, shine early in a season like this. Um, players who, who did that extra work and are as close to being ready at the beginning of this thing are going to have an edge. Um, and then you start talking about momentum. You start having some positive reinforcement. You start seeing how your team's improving and how they're competing. Um, momentum could be a big deal in a shortened season, which doesn't necessarily play as well in 162. So I, I think there are a number of things, um, but these are all, all controllables. And, and what we're really trying to get guys to buy into, Marcus, is the process. Buy into the process of doing, let's do the right thing. Let's, let's fall in love with the competition of, of individual pitch by pitch. Keep it in bite-sized pieces to where we can maintain uh, for out throughout this sprint, and all of those things. I see that that's a skill. Those are skill sets that our guys have now. Having that skill set and then implementing against some of the best competition uh, in the game of baseball that's a whole other question, and that's yet to be seen. But that's why we're excited to watch our guys go start competing tomorrow in these inter-squad games, and hopefully it'll all translate once we hit out on the field. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for hanging out and talking Royals baseball. Links to stories about the Royals can be found in the show notes and always on the True Blue app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There's more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.